Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, as always, Jamie Wagner. How are you? I'm good. That was a little joke. I In our out, I know I... I repeat as always sometimes and so i was laughing and i just got going but now it's good to be back man and what a cool opportunity to talk to one of an, your athletes that you coached in high school amazing young man doing some cool stuff tell us who we got today uh reed Przinski was a seven-time state champion for us he is a division one athlete at uh, south dakota state university they just won the summit league title on the men's side he said for the second time in their school's history he was a part of it for the first time when they were freshmen he got to anchor the four by four this weekend to bring it home for them really cool story about reed it, we mention it briefly he was our only male state qualifier his senior year and we won a team state championship that has happened three times in the state of minnesota on the other side, both the others were girls, right? So he's the only male in state history to do that, to accomplish that thing where he won a team state championship by himself, literally. Um, he won three state titles and got seventh, I believe, in, in the triple jump that year. And that was enough, right? We, I think we scored 39 points and won a, and won a state title. And uh, just a really cool thing. Uh, I still remember us being on the back straightaway. And we're looking through the, the qualifiers for the four by four final because they had just announced the score and we were ahead and none of the teams in the four by four could catch us. Um, and we knew going before the last event that we had won a state title and we looked at him and like, Reed, it's, it's real. Like it's serious. Like it's over. He's like, what, this is crazy. You know? And so, uh, just a, a really memorable moment. It wasn't so much winning the title. That was a big deal, but I remember his face and his response and, and that time together. Um, just, a, just a cool experience. The thing I love, and I give you guys a hard time about it, you know, cause I'm not a trackster and I don't, I don't understand kind of the team scoring that's that sort of thing. But I mean, I understand it, but it's different than any other team sport. And so I give you a hard time, but at the, at the same time, I loved in the conversation, we ask him about it and, and he talks about, well, that was the plan. We yeah. were intentional at the beginning of the year. Like we knew this was possible. And so we built to it and we trained we, for it and we, we, we had hoped he didn't thing. have to do it by himself. Right. Right. But then when, when we got there, we're like, okay, you know, you can score 48 points if you win all four events didn't happen. Like, so what do we need? Right. What's a realistic number. Yeah. And you know, if you go win three and place high in the fourth, we got a chance and, and it didn't go exactly to plan. He didn't place as high in the triple as we had hoped. He kind of didn't have his best day, but, didn't matter. Right. He, he ended up doing enough of the work and, and just having it in his mind. I think like you asked, was that more pressure to that? Yeah. And the reality is like, no, I just got, what do I got to do? I got to run my race, you know, I run my best race in these events and whatever happens happens. And, you know, that was the surprise look that I remember on a state. No way. Like it couldn't possibly have happened. Like I, not what? Right? Yeah. No, Incredible stuff in here. Reed is an impressive young man and doing cool stuff and you will get better. We got better today, even though Jamie knew most of the stories and all the stuff that he shared, but there's still stuff in here that stretches and grows all of us. So you will get better today. Excited to share it with you. Here we go. Reed Prasinski, South Dakota State, former Pequot Lakes High School athlete, former athlete of mine. You are a senior, but not eligibility-wise. What are you eligibility-wise with COVID year? Yeah, we have a COVID year, so I think I'm probably a sophomore outdoor and probably now a junior junior indoor, yeah, because season just ended, so junior indoor. Wait a second. You can be different levels for, I suppose it's two different sports, technically? Yeah, technically outdoor hasn't started yet. Well, yeah, technically I haven't worn a jersey outdoor yet, so there it sophomore. is. Yeah, you uh, but you're in a kind of a weird life stage because you are currently student teaching, which means you're effectively in your last semester of teaching related school no, yeah, and you are exactly. a junior and a sophomore on the track. What is your plan going forward? How do you I mean, are you just done after this year competing or 
well so I was kind of planning on like being done and like it's kind of that normal track of like you go student teaching then you dive right into education right like this is supposed to be your last semester setting you up you've done all the preparation and and then you go out into the real world you student teach and then like once you finish that senior year you go get a job right well but this COVID year I figured I might as well take another year of eligibility I have another year of running so I'm going to start a master's degree and nice but the master's degree, I don't know yet. And because <laughs> like, I want to go into admin. So like, yeah. and, but you can't go into admin unless you have three years of teaching, which like totally makes sense. Right. Why you can't be an admin if you haven't been in the place mm. of the teacher. Right. Yeah. But it would be nice to, you know, to not just go into another like master's degree and, you know, start credits or bank credits at least. So haven't quite got yeah. that figured out yet, but I know I will be doing in a master's program and starting in a whole other year and competing yeah yeah man cool stuff reed i want to take you back though jamie alluded to the fact that you ran for him at pequot i have a i have a a thing with track and i'm gonna have you explain this to me because i think it's an incredible feat i don't i can't wrap my head around it as a non-trackster but take us back to your senior year i believe you guys won a team state title yeah basically or not even basically because of your performance in the events that you were in. So take us back to that time and, and kind of share that story. Cause I think it's an incredible story. So senior year, we, we planned it at the beginning of the year. I remember going into like, we finished, we finished sections and we went into state. We're like, Hey, we qualified for four events. We had 200, the 300 hurdles and the one tens and triple jump was kind of where we were just doing it, you know, where it fell. Some points. It fell and, Remember the the last meeting going into the state meet right before practice? We were like, "All right, Reed, we're we're gonna see where the cards fall going into it." We we thought we had a chance. I remember the conversation was saying, "Hey, we can score thirty plus points," and we knew thirty two I think was the average at that time to win a meet. So we knew, like, okay, well, if the, all the chips fall right, then we knew it could happen. I mean, the, the year before that, my junior year, we we scored thirty seven and we got second. So it was. It's, it's like, well, and then I think my senior year, we went and scored 39 or something like that. And, and then it ended up winning it. So yeah, that so, was, that was crazy. So tell me, I mean, about your process and your thought and your mindset going into that, obviously what we do is, is mindset, mental skills with teams, athletes, individuals, whatever, but t- talk to me about your mindset going into that. Did that create any additional pressure, stress, or how did you change your approach or did you change your approach? So I think going into it, I think so like when first off when we when I was in my high school, we had the best coaching staff. Like it's I'm not saying like I'm not patting Jamie's on the back or anything, but like we had an incredible coaching staff. And like the I think one thing that I took away from like track and the whole in general was like being intentional. And I think every practice we had was with an intention to doing something. And I think leading up to track, like the state meet, the big, you know championship meet was when we get in the track I want you to feel like that you're doing work that you did a workout that none of those guys could do a workout like they could do they couldn't hang with you in that workout and I think we had a day where we did 2200s I remember it and I remember finishing that day like just dead exhausted but I knew that like when I got in the state meet when I got into those blocks I looked at everyone down the lanes I could say okay I don't think they could have hung with me on that meet so like mindset wise it was we went, we got through prelims day one and day two, it was like, okay, we can, we can look back at our practices and saw that the intentions were there. And, and we just knew that we, I think we had it. Like it was, we just had to execute. That was the word of the day. I think that day was execute for sure. Your job. And I, like the thing I want to clarify for people out there, when I think about Reed, you are maybe the most competitive person I know, and you will compete and create a situation that like you created in your mind that there is somebody there to compete with. I remember going to these small meets, right. And you'd walk out and be like, did you see that kid? He's so fast. I'm like, Reed, you're literally the fastest kid in the state. Like you're not going to get beat at a meet. No offense. Like you're not going to get a beat at a meet in pillager by, you know what I mean? In your mind. I still do that. That's the problem. Absolutely. But you have to, you create this, that person right there is my competition today. And it helps you raise that level. And so when you say we did 2200s, I use this story when I, when I 
talk to teams, like we would say, this is the adaptation we want, right? This is the, this is the ad- type of adaptation we want. Why we're doing this workout. Here's the intention. Here's the purpose. This is the number we want you to go run for this workout. And every single time I would tell you a number and on that 2200 workout four, I remember it plain as day. The number was 27. You said, coach too slow. I'm like, read, <laughs> read after 20 of them. It will not be too slow. I promise you, you go, no, 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 I'm going faster. Like you just had to compete. And I said, that's fine. We can pull the number down, but it better be for every one of them, right? The adaptation is what we're after. We don't care about the number we want to do. We want to get the skill transfer. And you were like, okay, I can do it. And then you went and did it. You know what I mean? And you just competed in such a way. And it wasn't always with your teammates, your junior year. We had a group of teammates that you could go and compete with on a day-to-day basis. Your senior year, you were kind of by yourself. How do you bring that sort of competition, that intensity? Where does it come from? Because it's unique. I haven't been around a lot of people that do it in the same way that you do. Uh, well, I, I, I still do it to this day of like, we go to a meet. And so this year, I felt really great with all my training. Like going into the college meet felt really great this year. Not that I trained a whole bunch over the summer, but just felt like was in shape when I came into the season or like, had a goal, knew like my schedule was going to be okay to run and really focus on training. And I just feel like I just had, I was doing the right things. And so when I get to practice and we run these meets, I was running low 47s and there really wasn't anyone in our conference just like that. And, and every, every time we go to a meet, I'm looking, these guys are so fast. You know, these guys are nuts. And and if you talk to my coach right now, he'd be like, read, you're like, I drive him crazy just by like, he, he doesn't like it when I say, I don't know if I have it today. Like, I, I just hope I have it today. And, but in college, it's more of a, you need to have like confidence. Like you need to have confidence in yourself. And like, I think that's somewhere that we, we grew from in high school was like, we go to the small meets and we, we had the confidence and we had practice. We, we had the confidence at practice, but when we go to college now, it's a little bit different where, I don't know, you just have that mindset going into everything you do. I, I can't help but thinking about, you know, the last dance came out, what it was it last year, two years ago with Michael Jordan. And, and one of the things that stood out to me in that documentary is him literally creating stories that someone was talking trash to him or disrespected him or did something. And there's zero evidence that it actually took place. Similar to what you're talking about with these runners, you see him and it's like, man, they're really fast. They might be fast, but they're not as fast as you. So there's a difference between creating that, motivation and that carrot out there to, to go catch. Right. And, and being scared and playing scared, running scared of the competition. And the other thing that you talked about is the confidence, right? So you create that opportunity to go, man, I got to be my best today because this guy is really fast. And then you, then you look in your like, I heard you just say, I felt really good. I was in really great shape. I knew I had done the work and I had done workouts that I knew nobody could hang with me. That's the confidence, right? Man, that's incredible to be able to create that. And then also say, Hey, I've also done the work because most people, they might be able to do one or the other of those, but to put those together, obviously is where, why you are, where you are right now is being successful at the level you are. Yeah. I mean, the, with this, I mean, if I can feel really good right now. And like, as of, as a week ago, we just ran the indoor conference meet and, and obviously indoor, we run the 400 and I'm technically here as a 400 hurdler like that. That would be my specialty. Like when I step on the track, if someone asked me, what's your event, that's, that's my event. Like if I would run again, I'd run a 400 hurdles against anyone. Like I feel just, I feel confident in that event. And then, so indoor, it's kind of like a, we just kind of get through the season, but like, you want to compete, you train for six months in the fall, and then you get to indoor season, like, hey, just you're itching for that competition. And then, so as of this last weekend was the championship weekend, and we felt good. We had the number one seed time going in. We had the confidence there, and, and we knew the guys could do it. We just, I, I didn't eat. We didn't, the lunch didn't come. The, so explain, coach, explain this to me. I was, I was okay, trying to yeah, explain this to John. So you run prelims, and you're the one seed, right? Yeah, and like, and we, and it was chill, like, yeah. was chill like I ran we so with the 300 meter track you run the turn and then that's where the cut is and then you have about 220 left of the race where so you have another turn then it's the home stretch so I get out 
really slow, like lazy slow. My coach, everyone is yelling at me like, I got to get out. And I've, I was just like mentally just watching the race. Like I, it's state prelims. You don't want to like gas yourself out because you know you have another 400 the next day. And then the four by four after that. So like, you know, in 24 hours, you have three 400s. So we get out of blocks. I know the fastest guy in my heat, the number like two speed is in my inside. So I let him pull up right next to me before we even get the turn. So like I automatically know like he's got the inside on me and I didn't panic. We got to the cut. I tucked in right behind him. We took the last turn and he, I saw his form break in front of me. And then I just kind of stayed relaxed and passed him at the end. So like we, day one, beautiful race. We ran Perfect smart. execution, right? Yeah, we executed everything we thought, like the plan was, it happened, everything happened perfectly. And then day two, the, we had a busing situation where I took the, I got on the bus, we got, they took us to the track and, but they didn't bring lunch on the early bus. They brought lunch on the late bus because that was like where the majority of the athletes were. So then I'm sitting at the track going, I have an hour warm up because that's just what I do every time I take an hour to warm up and I don't want to eat you know, 20, 30 minutes before my, even my warm up because I, I just know I'm going to carry that everywhere I go. So I'm sitting there like 45 minutes and I'm freaking out of, I don't have food. I haven't eaten lunch yet. I don't have an, I have a small breakfast because like day, meat day, you don't want to eat. So I ate, I had two bags of goldfish of those like little tiny packages of like lunch size goldfish. And I ate those and like, I could barely get them down because like my mouth was dry and it's like, oh, so I, I got two bags of goldfish down and we ran the race and we got out and the plan was to get them before the last turn. Like I wanted, I wanted to go wire to wire. And like, it was, it was just the confidence thing of like, I think I can do it. Like no one's even, no one even had touched my close to my time of 47, three this year. Like the next fastest time was like 47, nine. So like we, we had a half a second on the field. It was like, you go you take the cut and if anyone like tries to fight you like you know they are they gas themselves like if anyone's with you don't get scared they probably are going to blow up well we i took the and i sprinted like as soon as we got to the cut two guys were with me and i surged for the last turn i got the last surge and the last turn and all of a sudden the body started falling apart everything started tightening up and my feet i felt like i was just dragging my feet so we went from first to like fifth in the last 20 feet of the race it was it was tough and it was a tough like meet just to like you're seated first you're a senior on the team or quote unquote senior of the team like people are counting on you and but i mean you just got to bounce back you know you have another race in the day so you get a sandwich in you and you you come back it's interesting to me because your text message was i felt like a different like it was totally different to go and run the yeah. four by four. And the cool part is, is you guys win the conference. Congratulations, conference champs, summit league champs. Is that the first time in your experience that you guys second have done time. that? So, second so freshman, time. My freshman year was the first time ever. So this was, and so this year is the second time ever. So it's like, yeah. it's huge for SDSU. So it's been yeah. awesome. And you get to the place where you and USD University of South Dakota are kind of neck and neck. You got a place two places ahead of well you got a place no, ahead of them period we're tied we're tied so You're like tied at that point. they told us like my teammate came up to me and goes hey do you want to know the score and i was like do not tell me the score like i i had my spikes on like do you want to know the score i'm like do not tell me the score i don't want to know three announcements come on the whole track the meat comes down to this sdsu and usd are tied i'm like all right we got to go today like this is it but this brings me back to high school right this brings me back to yeah. conference our conference meet your senior year. We're running the four by four, same exact thing. You like you stand on the line. You don't get a running start at all. You take the baton flat footed and running against a really good kid, right? That's yep. was second place in the 300 hurdles as a senior. Yep. And you go and run him down. Like I would, the, the competition thing I spoke to before, I wouldn't want to have it in anybody else's hands. Then you, I'm just going to say like, if it comes down to us winning the meet, because you got to go and run a good 400, I'm going to trust that we're going to be okay. And, and that's what my coach told me too. Like, yeah. like I'm coming off fifth place. Like I, I was defeated. Like inside I was like, I feel like I let the team down. Like, like you just run all those scenarios. Like if we lose by, you know, three points, that's on me. And so like, and like there was other performances that you could like, you, know, you could nitpick and point fingers at, but like, I just, you don't want to be that performance. Right. And so I went to my coach, I was like, Hey, 
how do you feel about this four by four? And he's like, you're going to anchor. I have, I still have total confidence in you. you. You're going to go and compete. And like, I had my sandwich, I had felt great. Like, and I was like, Hey, let's go do it. And like props to USD. Like they, they were not in the talk really at all for the conference championship. Like it should have been us versus NDSU. USD's throws just went like off the walls really great. And so it comes down to us and me and the guy who won the 400. So was the anchors, but he had ran the 200 right before and he got hurt or like, I, I'm not going to talk bad about anyone or, you know, but like I wanted him and he didn't run the four by four. Like I wanted it to come down to me and him mano y mano second time, like third time of the week. And I get to race you and I have a sandwich in me and like, I feel good, feel confident. And they, they put another 200 guy in as his replacement. And so like getting on the line, I knew like there was some confidence there of like, we, we got this, like they, they give me the baton anywhere close to this guy. And like, I, there's no excuse. I should be able to go out with him. And, and my team did. And it was like, our guys, they went all out crawling at the end. I, I knew my guy was coming in. I flat foot, got the baton again and ran for my life. But yeah. And, and then I split 46, seven or something like that. So like, just, just crazy, crazy run. It was awesome. But, and then you come across the line and you just had won the conference championship for the team. Well, like, it, it makes you forget about the 400. It makes you forget everything that happened, you know, all the bad performances of the whole weekend, just out the window, and we're all a team as champions. So I want, you brought up something interesting, and I think it transcends to other sports. You know, Jamie and I play a lot of golf and certainly watch a lot of golf. And one of the questions that golfers get a lot <laughs> at the professional level is, do you want to know where your competitors are at on the scoreboard? Right. In terms of, okay, I'm three strokes behind, I'm four strokes, I'm two strokes ahead, whatever it is. And you said, I don't want to know the score. Talk to me about that. Like, is because it sounds like there's, there's a competing force going on. Cause it, there's, there's part of you that's like, no, I don't want to know the score. Cause I'm going to go out and run my best. And then there's another part that says, okay, now I know, now I know what I got to do. Here we go. How do you flip that switch when you do hear the score then? So like, I feel like, so going into like every race, like it's just the expectation of like, you're going to give 110%. Like you're, you're going to go compete. Like, like I telling my teammate, I don't want to know a score was like, is like saying like, it doesn't matter where we're at. We could have been five points behind in the conference out. Like it would like, at that point, it just didn't matter to me. Like I knew what I had to do to get on the line and I had something to improve the myself and my team of like, Hey, I can, I can bounce back. I can come back. I can do this. And so I feel like just not not knowing was just, or saying that I didn't want to know is, is like saying, I know what I have like expectations of myself and we just have to go and do it. Like, it's not going to make me compete any harder because the expectation is just to go all out, just leave it on it, leave it on the track and just dive into it. How, how have you developed that mindset and that perspective? Because that isn't a natural thing that comes to us. That's something, and some of us maybe are more apt to to develop that skill quicker but i don't think it's a natural thing i think it has to be learned over time how have you how have you done that so i think like so i've always been super competitive like that since day one competitiveness that is that has come easy really easy to me but i think like in high school the training that we did was so i go back to like intent like intentional is like my favorite word in like the whole english language is intention like everything I do, I try to have an intention, whether I, I wake up in the morning, like the breakfast I eat, when I go to school, every, all my lesson plans that I teach, like every example that I put in front of a kid, either every number I put in has an intention. I use this number because it's, it works better this way, or, you know, a kid will know better this way. So I think just from day one of high school training was we're not, we don't want to waste any time. Like you, you only have a three month season. We always talk about it's a short season. And so to have a day off or a day where we're just maybe we just relax or focus on a little skill and we could focus on you know more than one skill why wouldn't we like or just if we could think about having an intention of okay we're going to do six reps instead of five what's the benefit of that is is there not a benefit to that well then let's just do five then like if we can come back tomorrow and be better feeling better and then let's do five and so just like living with intention having the intention taught to us straight away from high school was, I think that's what really fostered the mindset of just bring it all, all the time. I think one of the things that's interesting that, um, so I was, 
I was actually at Pequot the other day doing some leadership stuff with, with the group. And I had an athlete come up to me and be like, I remember you reading to us at the beginning of practice sometimes. Like, what was that about? You know what I mean? Like he, he was a freshman at the time. He didn't, he's like, he was his first year in track. He's like, I don't like, it was cool, but I don't really know why you did it. Right. And I think like you talked about our staff, our staff is incredible. Right. Dave Gunther, Bob Bjornra, Jan Lewick, Jeff Bray, like just names up and down that were incredible in Minnesota high school track. And we were, we had this gift of like being able, I got to bounce my ideas off these amazing people. And one of the things that Bud always used to say is like, we used to do, we used to just talk about stuff that mattered in life so that we could talk about how it might matter in track. Right. And so we did a very intentional sort of mental skill development side daily at Pequot. And so when John asks, you know, I'm like, there's a piece of that that was wove in to the fabric of what we did. And at the same time, it was reflected in the workouts. It was reflected in, I mean, how many times did I have to tell you when we're working triple jump stuff, read three reps. That's it. You don't get any more than that because I knew how much we were taxing you on track. And I knew we didn't need to do a lot to progress. Like we weren't going to win a state championship in the triple jump probably. Right. We were going to compete and you were going to compete come day of, but it wasn't our, our primary goal. So let's get the amount of reps we need and no more and be done there. I think colleges do that better. How has that sort of rest recovery competition like how has that changed for you how have you become more intentional about the whole process rather than kind of letting a coach dictate a lot of that for you so 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 I think the first biggest thing is when like anyone going into any college program is like the season is so much longer like you go from a high school season where three months and like we do workouts twice a week and 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 maybe have a meet in there too like like yeah. it it's tough. Like, but I mean, we're kids, your, your bodies are rubber. Like you, you bounce back the next day, you come back, you run just great. You know, that is not the case though. And like, at least me, I feel old now. I, I have ice bath every day. I got train room every day, you know, but I think like, first off the season's super long. And so that was the biggest, like maybe struggle for me going into college was like, we come back and like, I want to do a workout. Like I want to get in shape in three, like we, we compete in December. Like that's the first meet I want to like, let's do a PR. Let's throw a PR right now. Let's, I feel great. Throw a work down every two days. You know, I'm, I'm here. And, but our, the coaching staff here is really good about no, like just trust in the process, like trust in the coaching staff here. And that was really hard for my freshman year of like, okay, I'm going to trust you that I'm going to be in shape in three months or five, five months. And, and we're not going to do a workout twice a week. Like we're going to do a workout once a week. And, and right now we have a day like where it's just recovery based. The whole day is you come run three laps, stretch and do hurdle mobility, and then you leave. And, and, and like that, that blows my mind of like, I didn't even get my heart rate over 150, like, and, and you're just sending me a home. And so like that part was really hard for me. And, but our, my freshman year, and I didn't run really well my freshman year. I think like there was some dieting issues and like, you know, freshman year. Yeah. It's just freshman year, you know? And so, but I did see like the seniors, like they sent a four by one to nationals and we had guys go to regionals and it was like, okay, like the program, it's not the program. The program is set in stone. Like we, and, and consistently we've sent guys to regionals every year since I've been here. If, and if not nationals or had national contenders. So like, I think a lot of guys struggle with why is he doing that workout or why, why aren't we running? Like, why am I not just drenched in sweat every day at practice? Well, because you have the time, like you have the time to like not stress your body out that much and, and you're okay. Like you can come back the next day and do something, but that's probably the biggest difference from like what coaches, like what college does really well, but, and if they do it really well, it's because they have way longer season. They have so much longer to do it. I love that you said this, like, it's not the program. That's the problem, right? Having this self-awareness to say, to see around you and say, other people are making it work for them. I think a lot of times, and this might be a little takeaway for the listener right now, is like a lot of times we look and we say, well, it's not working for me. I am not the problem. What 
I think you understood as a freshman that it takes a lot of maturity. And I probably didn't when I was a freshman in college either was like, okay, the program works. Look around. There are guys making it to the national tournament. There are female athletes making it to the national tournament. They're doing the same thing I'm doing. And yet I think that the program is wrong. No, I'm, I'm part of the problem. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the hardest things like for me in college, like, like I, I like for me, it's like team-based build each other up. Like we want like a brotherhood going into, into conference, like I'll like not like lacking on this team at all. Like I love all of my teammates, like a family, but this is by far not our best conference team. Like when we won in my freshman year, we scored like 206 points, I think like, and we won this conference this year with 166. So like, seeing the caliber of athletes that we had my freshman year versus now not and nothing against like my teammates but like it's just a different different mindset going in and it's just and so when you have like some of that caliber athletes like that are kind of not the caliber that we had four years ago some guys will point the finger why why am I not getting better you know like like they don't they don't look in the mirror or they don't like say why is it why is it me and and that's hard for me when you have like people transferring out or like leaving saying, well, this program doesn't work for me. Well, maybe like I've been here for four years and I've seen it. I know what you, where you're standing. Freshman year, I barely PR'd, you know, I didn't run amazing or by like contention for, I didn't get a gold medal or anything, but, but when you like stick to it and you like really pay attention to yourself and you're like, Hey, maybe, maybe it is on me. Maybe I do need to kind of step up and, see what those guys that are going to the national champions are doing differently than what I'm doing right now. And that's what builds the program. Like that's, and those are the guys that when they stick and stay, that's the guys you want on your team. Like that's the guys you want holding the trophy at the end. Man, I, I was just, I was just thinking about, well, I was thinking about a lot of things, but I was thinking about the whole transfer portal and college sports in general right now. And, and you touched on that, like, there's a bunch of people that are like, Hey, this doesn't work. This isn't, this isn't working for me and it's not me. So I'm out of here. Yep. And I think your message is something that people need to hear. And granted, there are times where it's not the right fit and, yep. and, or, you know, I, I live in Montana. I was at a meeting last night with the Montana state football coaches and they were talking about a third string quarterback who is a grad senior. He's got two, he's got two, uh, years of eligibility left. He decides he's going to transfer because he wants to go play somewhere. He realizes he's third behind. He can transfer. He can be eligible. That makes sense. It's not yeah. that he wants to leave because he doesn't, it's not a good fit for him. He wants an opportunity to play, but I think more often than not, it is, it comes down to this isn't working for me and I'm not willing to change my perspective. I'm not willing to do something different I'm going to go find somewhere else that maybe I can do my own thing and it works. And I just, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see as this thing continues and we get a few more years of, of data and just kind of these qualitative stories about athletes and to see where they're at and how this ends up shaking out for them. Because my gut tells me that a lot of those people are going to look back and they're going to be like, man, I totally regret transferring and leaving because not only did I have this opportunity where I get to learn about myself and I get to change and I get to grow and I get to pour into my teammates. But then now also it wasn't the same, wasn't what I anticipated it being on the other side. Yeah, I totally agree. Question for you. Yeah. How do you communicate that you're a fourth year guy? You're now a leader. How do you communicate stick and stay? I love that phrase that you use. Those guys that stick and stay that get to year four, like they have a chance, right? We get built, we grow through time in the program. How do you communicate that to a kid that's struggling? What's the leadership role for, for someone in your position? So like, I think it, a lot of like stick and stay. I think when like you're looking up to kids or like you're telling someone, Hey, you stick with it. I think for me, at least I lean back on like times when I was injured when times when I wanted to leave, like my sophomore year or yeah sophomore year right before covid we had indoor conference championship like the weekend before everything shut down like it was one last where we get they got it in right they got the conference championship in and so i'm doing the 60 hurdles and i'm 5 10 5 11 like i'm 60 hurdles is tough for me like it's they go up to 42 inches in college and 39s was high enough in high school so 
And so I knew like I was kind of getting, I was getting faster at the 60 hurdles and I pulled my hamstring right before the race. And so, and, but I still ran it to like, I ran a 14 second 60 hurdle, which is really slow. If anyone doesn't know that, that's super bad. Like I, I had no idea. Like, walked, jumped, walked, jumped and I got the point, but like pulled the hamstring. And like, that was a low for me, like just being hurt, not like going to practice and people looking at you, like, I hope you come back or like, I hope, hope you're doing it. And so my, the senior class right here, like my, my class, the guys who have stuck and stayed, they are exceptional athletes. Like I, we have the distance team here is Unreal. unbelievable. Like <laughs> yeah. They went one through eight in pretty much every event. Like the reason why we won conference this year, distance guys. And a lot of them are from like Minnesota athletes. They're just incredible athletes. And so, and some of those guys have, they've spent the last three years riding a bike. They've had stress fracture after stress fracture. They've cross trained. I mean, I know like there's a guy on our team that, and he got second, second, uh, just absolutely an animal of a human being. Like just will put his head down and grind through everything. Nicest guy. And he has spent the last two and a half, three years on a bike, swimming, biking, cross training every single day. And this year he finally, his body held together. Like, I think that like he finally like found the clicked for him this year. And so when, when I'm looking at freshmen right now who maybe aren't doing the right things or like, and, and because they're not doing the right things, they're looking at performances that aren't happening. And there's no one, why, why would I stay? I, I'm just not good enough. Like you can look at the guys on the team, like, Hey, you can like talk to him or look at him. Like he has been on a bike. Like he has, like, he's almost been wor and worse in your situation and look at him now. Like he's, he's stay on the podium four times in a whole meet and he's running over six miles at a meet like in two days yeah. racing race pace like so i think when you like look at stick and stay you look at people on your team that could be like good examples and like point the finger at them like they're just incredible guys it's so interesting to me because what you're talking about right is this like you say maybe freshmen aren't doing the right thing these guys aren't doing the right thing. And then I think about you, like maybe one of the most stressful periods of my life was student teaching. Like no joke. Student teaching is a grind. You are, you're responsible for all these things that you've never really considered that you would have to be responsible for as a teacher. And that's why they put you in that context. Yep. And I'm reading, a, I just finished a book called good to go by Christia Schwenden. And she talks about how stress is stress. So if you go and you work out, and you run three miles and you do it at race pace, that stresses your body in a certain way. Student teaching stresses your, your body doesn't distinguish between is this physical stress is an emotional stress? Is it work-based stress, whatever it is. And then you want to go and have your best performance on top of it. And you're like, Oh, these freshmen might be out there doing the wrong thing. Like that means partying. That means staying up late. That means not getting their work done in the classroom. Like how does the whole life, piece like contribute to success now that you have you know you're a division one athlete you've been at the regional championships last year you qualified in the 400 hurdles like you know what it looks like to be elite how much do you have to like coordinate your whole life to do that and especially now that you're in this crazy stress time of student teaching so i would say like the number one biggest thing for like any training wise is stress management like that, like above all, like you can have the best workout of, of your life. And if, if you were stressed or like you had a stressful week, you will not come like that week, you won't compete well. And so like, and that's when, when I get, when I get super stressed for like a week or like two weeks at a time, that's when I get injured. Like I can, I can look back at the times where I've been injured and like, it's been after finals week. It's been after, it's been a midterm week. And so like right now we're going into midterm week and this is the week where everyone's going to be in the training room and you just, and you just know it. And so, like you said, I'm student teaching right now and it is, it is tough. Yeah. It is tough. So running well, like a track program. Yeah. It is very, very stressful and hard. So if you, if you know, right, knowledge is power. If you know that this is going to happen, is there anything that you do or that you can do or you're going to do to try to minimize the opportunity or the uh, not opportunity, the likelihood that you might get injured because of that increased level of stress? So for me, my biggest like fight fighter of, of stress is sleep. I know if I like if I get enough sleep, 
I can pretty much be as stressed as I want to be. And so like for me, it's been hard because like I feel like I'm super old going to bed at like 9 30, 10 o'clock of like like oh the I can I can be super stressed. And like it's tough because I will go to bed stressed and maybe I don't have the best night's sleep, but if I get quote unquote seven or eight hours of sleep, like I know I'll be ready to go the next day and my body will at least have something to recover. Where I but when I was, you know, freshman, sophomore, there'd be nothing to be up till. 11:30, we'd see midnight, 12:30, one o'clock, you know, and and then you and your body just doesn't have time to recover, and and not that and freshman year probably the least stressful time of my life, just the classes right, yep. were hard, and you know it's just not stressful, but like it, you're stressing your body by sleep, but nice by not sleeping. So for me, I know like my body is sleep. That is the number one thing, and if and I just can't grind homework anymore. Like I just. I know if I want to compete well and do student teaching and do everything, I just need to be able to go to bed and just manage the stress that that way. And then also just work in time managing better than because you're going to bed. But so the book I mentioned, she pretty much said like she, so the idea is like she just tests a bunch of recovery tools, right? Compression boots, uh, float tanks, all these, like goes and talks about all these different recovery tools. And she's her like end conclusion is like, so all these things might work. They have some value, but sleep, like sleep is guaranteed gold proven. Like, and I mean, I just think how many, you know, I, I think about an athlete on our team, a little bit younger than you was competing in a bunch of different sports. And like, I, I had him in class. And I talked to him and be like, what time you go to bed last night? Ah, Fortnite. Yeah. 2.30, you know, it's like, and then, oh, your performances are tailing off and you're getting frustrated about it. You got four hours of sleep last night, five hours of sleep last night. Like we aren't going to recover, you know? And so to any coaches that are listening out there, to any athletes that are listening out there, if you are not prioritizing sleep as a message in your program, if you're an athlete and you're not prioritizing sleep in your life, like, the, the literature is pretty clear. And here's an anecdotal evidence. Like the thing that manages my stress better than anything else, high, high level performer, go to bed, people yeah. go to bed, read. Don't be ashamed. If you're the old man going to bed at nine 30. All right. Yeah, Try eight 30. Like, I was going to say, idea. I was going to say real old men go to bed before nine. So <laughs> like, it's probably to the point of where like, if someone like comes up to me at the blocks and was like, I just ran like eight, four hundreds at 50 pace. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Like that would be tough, but it'd be more intimidating if someone like came to the blocks and was like, Hey, I got a full night's sleep last night. It'd be like, Oh, that's going to be a tough one. You know, that would probably, that would be the, the mind killer of the century was if someone, my competition had a full night's sleep before me, that would yeah. be the toughest competition. So what do we got coming up, Reed, as far as competitions? I know we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but talk us through where you're at right now and where you're headed. And then, uh, Yeah. So outdoor season starting, kicking off. We had two days off and started practice yesterday again. So we're right into outdoor season, 400 hurdle practice is starting next Friday. So getting right back into that and a lot of beats coming up that are big. So because of last year's like going to regionals, you know, kind of doing a little bit better than like previous years, I've, you get the opportunity as the coaching staff kind of lets you go travel a little bit more. So I know there's Euphoria, Kansas coming up. Drake relays is always a huge fun one that will draw the crowds. Like I've yet to see the, the Drake crowd because of COVID, but I hear it is absolutely insane. So I, yeah. I can't wait to run at Drake. After Drake, we have a couple of Cal we have a California trip. Then we have an Arkansas trip and then conference this year is at ORU. So Oral Roberts university that's in Oklahoma. Nice. And because of student teaching, I don't know how many of those I'm going to get to do. For sure, I want to go to Drake and for sure, either Cali or Arkansas. And we'll see where student teaching falls and cuts off what meets. Well, I know, you know, last year that that level up that you had was really exciting for us as a far to say, man, Reed's got a shot. Like, this is pretty cool, you know, and let's get to the regional competition. Let's. You know, and we got to we got to level up one more time to get to that national meet, right? We're still a little ways off of that, but what you were able to do this this winter indoor on the in the four hundred, 
I think there's there's some momentum there that's going to carry into into an opportunity here for you outdoor. I'm so excited for you, man. We're blessed to have you to get to have this conversation. It's fun. Um, you know, just to see how much you've grown in, in four years. I, I remember the first year you came back to track practice and like you were a different human already. I can't imagine. And you, you just talked about freshman year. You kind of didn't get it yet. You know, I can't imagine what you're bringing to those kids in the classroom to your teammates on track. Good luck. This, this outdoor season, Thanks for joining us, man. Every time, Jamie, every time we interview one of our athletes that we've gotten the opportunity to work with in the past or one of our past coaches, it's just continues to fill my heart because there's just so much good stuff. And I, a couple of things that stood out to me, he talked about it and then we kind of drew a little bit out more uh, the stick and stay kind of that concept of figuring out how to get through that adversity once it starts to punch you in the mouth. And then the other thing you brought up was the stress is stress. So take either one of those or any other takeaway that you have and, and let me know what you're thinking about kind of this conversation from today. Well, I think the, the, the thing that lands with me every time I talk to Reed is like, and and we don't catch up as often as I would like to. and, And like, but we text every once in a while. And, and the thing that he just has such amazing perspective consistently like okay i'm gonna i need to be intentional right and that's something i'm gonna do every day right and we we after we got done talking it's like i want to be intentional in the warm-up i want to be intentional in my 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 preparation and then how does like when you buy in like that when you build intention into everything that you're doing sticking and staying Mm -hmm. is so much easier because your investment is there when when i see collegiate athletes right and and this is true of high school athletes also but the ones that invest the ones that listen that buy in that do the stuff that coaches are telling them to do you're going to get longer term commitment from them there's going to be some investment well how do you do that right many of the coaches that we've had on talk about that relationship piece but one of the things that reed connects with right and some athletes will connect with is how specific are you in growing them and letting them see progress, you know, and we were ha- having that talk a little bit when we, when we stopped recording, like, I want to see how I'm progressing. Hmm. And when you can show him that, all right, now the buy-in comes back. We reinvest that energy in that time because I'm seeing it on film. I'm seeing it in my times. I'm seeing it. Well, how are you doing that as a coach to prepare your athletes as an athlete? What are you doing to get feedback? What are you doing to create that re-engagement? in the process because it's not just the things that he's talking about it's kind of all of a piece together and then you start to sleep because you're like oh i have to be intentional about my sleep you start to time manage better i got to do my homework not at nine o'clock at night because if i leave it till then it's gonna be you know an hour and a half doing the work and then it's in my head for an hour and now i don't like you start to pay attention differently and that's so powerful I think the concept out of that that stood for me was the when he talked about what am I willing to do differently, right? And and in this day and age, we don't have enough of that in our lives, right? Even if we're intentional about it, but how how can I say what am I willing to do different? What do I want first of all out of this thing? Whether we're talking about athletics, our job, our school, our families, our relationships, whatever. What do I want out of this thing? And if it's not working for me right now, instead of just saying, Hey, let's scrap it. I'm gone. Let's go do something else. Ooh, what about me? What am I willing to do differently? What can I do different? And sometimes there's nothing, sometimes it's not a good fit. I think I talked about that, right? Where there's, there are cases where it's just not a good fit, but so often we jump to the, the easy answer is I'm going to go find some other thing to fill this need or this want. And we're not willing to put in the, the work to do it. I had a colleague who used to say, because we were college athletes, we have an advantage in life. And I, and like, he wasn't saying that in a a flippant, like we are talented. So we got, he's like, because somebody coached us hard, right? Right. Somebody coached us hard and told you that wasn't good enough. The thing that you did today didn't measure up. So change it. And like, that is a, again, I've said this before, clarity, kindness, honesty, it's a gift in time when you have prepared the relationship to handle 
that emotional stress, right? Like, so build the relationship to be strong enough to manage those things and then be super honest. Right. And I think, you know, I, I hope that Reed felt that way when we were in high school, that he could go to any of it. And he talked about our staff. Our staff was unbelievable, but I feel like he could have gone to any one of us and been like, what do I need to do better? And we'd have been clear and honest with him to the best of our capability. What did we see that wasn't going right? And then he had the, the courage and the strength and the confidence to try and make a change. And if, and if you're struggling with one of those things, look at some of those words I just said, courage, strength, confidence, start there, build those things up and then go and seek the feedback so that you can make the change. Real quick, Jamie, before I thank everyone and thank you and we get out of here, what was the book you mentioned? Because I've had some requests. We Sometimes we drop a, a nugget and then we don't come back to it. So what was the book about the stress that you were talking about? It's called Good to Go, uh, What the Athlete and All of Us Can Learn from the Strange Science of Recovery. It's by Christia Schwenden, recommended to me from a former podcast guest. Alex Hutchinson, who wrote the book Endure. I would check out both of those if you are into sports, athletics in general. They're really cool. Um, one's about recovery. One's about enduring challenge. So, so question awesome though, stuff. I clarification question, because sometimes you read books that I can't even, I don't know most of the words no, that are in both, there. Both of so, those are real, real accessible. Okay. Real accessible. I love it. Good recommendation. As listeners, we appreciate you joining us as always um, and joining us on the journey to hear people's stories about what it means to live eyes up, to get better, to grow. And as our community grows and we all continue to pour into one another, we're all getting better. So thank you for joining us, Jamie. Appreciate you as always. And as always, live eyes up.